ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. We're going to the beach. Fashion going to the beach, baby. Back to the beach. Yep. We've covered this show before. Obviously, we've not covered this match. I'm looking forward to it. Jeff, how did this end up on our list? Just had to. This is one of those where I saw that it was kind of a just a really high ranked one for these guys or like a pretty decently ranked one. And, you know, it, it's a era of Stone Cold, stunning or not even stunning Steve Austin that we don't we haven't really talked about much. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit, too. So, yeah. Cool. I'm excited for this. Let's get into it. It's time for the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So like we said, we have uh, actually covered this um, match before, or I'm sorry, this this show before. Uh, Bash at the Beach 94, Orlando, Florida. Everything is completely about one thing, which is Hulk Hogan debuting in WCW on night one, defeats Ric Flair for the heavyweight championship. And look, there's a lot of you, – you can you can argue either way on it. I personally felt like you you, you could have built to that a little bit. And I, I, I it's like where do you go from there? And that's really mm-hmm. why his two years um, prior to uh, turning heel kind of sucked because um, they just didn't book him well. But that was happening a lot in WCW in this era. So yep. again, we, we covered this show before. I'm not going to go through all of it, but you know, you had Regal and, and Johnny B. Bad, Vader working against uh the big boss man, Terry Funk's on this show. Um Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck defeating Dustin Rhodes and Arn Anderson. That's kind of a fun tag team. The match we're gonna cover, pretty wonderful defeating uh Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, I bet that was a fun match. But um, yeah, and then Hogan and Flair in the main event. So uh, Austin uh, Steamboat for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. I feel like these guys were were part of that mix for a while during this era. How do we get to this match? Yeah, and so uh, Steamboat on this one, it was actually heading into 1994. Um, he had, of course, uh, as one of his many feuds with Ric Flair. Uh, they had a match at Spring Stampede. Um uh, it was April 1994. He had some shenanigans, both men being pinned at the same time. It's just kind of weird. And so, um, and then in May, uh, Saturday night, Flair actually beating Steamboat to uh, win the title back from him. Uh, it was actually their final singles match, or at the time, their final singles match. You can't ever say that with these guys. It was actually a main event in July, not too long before this show actually actually ended in DQ because Austin interfered with this one. And so, um, you know, uh, the Steamboat and Flair, you know, would have some other stuff. But, you know, for this part, Steve Austin getting involved in this match. Now, Austin on the flip side of this one, it was actually 1993. He actually um, 
the uh yeah the fabulous blondes uh winning the world or the wcw world tag team championship they actually beat ricky steamboat and shane douglas and so Austin and Steamboat had had some matches before, before this kind of DQ as well, too. So there was that, that like I said, uh, they held the championships for five months. Uh, and so Steamboat and Austin had seen each other in the ring before. Um, you had a uh, Flair Anderson Clash of Champions. That would be 23. Uh, that was the main event of that one. Uh, they retain the championship in this one because, again, shenanigans, DQ, like Barry Windham got involved. It was just interesting. And so uh, and so it just kind of a, a little back and forth here. Austin, really just a lot of different stuff with, of course, Pillman. Um, <coughs> he ended up actually fighting Pillman as well, too, at a good match. Um uh, with Starcade with Dustin Rhodes as well too, and so I, <clears throat> again, like I say, it occasionally they, they were just somewhat in each other's universes. There were some tag matches and things like that, but for the most part, like not a ton. But they did just the quick little build at the end of this with uh, Austin getting involved before this one with Steamboat, and that's kind of how you get to this one. So nothing, nothing too crazy. But like I said, they'd had some matches, and they, they were kind of you know they, they knew of each other. It wasn't just totally bare. So yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two just awesome in-ring workers. So we're at the one hour and eight minute mark. Bash at the Beach 94. One minute and eight minute mark. Jeff, are you ready? Let's do this. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. Running Steve coming Steve to the ring, holding the U.S. United States Heavyweight Champion. He knows... Ricky Steamboat quite well, like I said. He was the world television champion for 18 months. That's Steve and Austin look. I mean, it's not all the way dialed up from what Stone Cold became, but you know, he's got mm -hmm. that Steve attitude. Austin, yep. No strangers at all. And of course, two of the finest in world championship. Go right ahead. Well, you're going to see a classic match here. You're going to see wrestling. You're going to see aerial moves. And you're going to see a That's good a old show, fight. Really was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was bummed that uh, Ricky Steamboat's kid never made it. I I, I think they had high hopes for uh, Richie Steamboat in. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been FCW or if it was even pre-FCW, but they had him down there. And, uh, I mean, apparently he was really good. I think he was their world champion at one point, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, it just, you know, injuries. And the same thing with um, another one I was looking forward to was Scott Hall's kid. You know, Cody mm -hmm. Hall, apparently a big son of a bitch. And, um, yeah, he just never uh, he never was able to to break through. He was in Japan forever. And, um, yeah. Yeah, some of these, these generational superstars, you just never know. So, got a quick start here. Austin, uh, yeah, and kind of stomping on each other at this point. Nothing too crazy. I know I'm, I'm, I got high expectations for this one. I know we just watched the the Steamboat match two weeks ago as well, too. So I'm hoping that this one kind of uh, lives up to some of that good stuff as well, too. So, so I pulled up uh, Steamboat's kid, and I, you know, I don't know. Uh, obviously, he had more matches. This there's just a handful that are on uh, Cage Match, and um, Seth Rollins, Cesaro. Like those would be fun matches. Those were in FCW. Some big ones, yeah. Absolutely, some big names. Absolutely. Man, Steamboat's so smooth. 
Walking the ropes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and a nice little move here. Of, you see what's on yeah, the back of Austin's I was like. just going to say, yeah, on the back of Austin's just black trunks, it says Dragon Slayer, which is a great little heel move there. Yeah. We want to remind everybody, of course, too, uh, don't forget about all of our sponsors for the show now as well, too. Uh, Manscaped.com, that's promo code PAYOFF. You're getting 20% off and free shipping. True Classic Tees, that's PAYOFF25. You're getting 25% off there. And then, of course, Caldera and Lab, our newest sponsor, that men's skincare uh, products. Um, absolutely great stuff. You know, dip your toe in the pool, get something, you know, just a little cleanser or something like that, whatever it might be. But that's Caldera Labs. Dot or calderalab.com using the promo code payoff. So manscaped payoff, true classic tees payoff 25, and caldera lab payoff. I, I oh, mentioned so last week, Jeff, but dude, like any any guy listening to this, take care of your skin. Like you just it's just a routine, man. Get in the routine, uh, scrubbing your face in the shower, putting some uh lotion on it afterwards i mean you got to have a little bit of a routine you got to do it more days than not you know you don't want your face looking old and beat to shit by you know the time you're in your 50s yeah don't want to look like you've been in a wrestling ring for 20 years when you've never uh set foot in, in a wrestling show so yeah, that's, yeah you don't uh, want to look like you you wrestled in like the 80s and you know got drunk and high every night for two days right right absolutely so you guys, a little bit of a little bit of top rope action here. Nothing too crazy. We, interesting little tie up there. Yep. Yeah, they're just doing some different stuff, man. I mean, a very very unique um, style. Yep. You know, into a rest hold now. So this is the U.S. Championship, which still exists, still around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've done it. They've done a decent amount with it. I mean, like over the years, you know, like, I mean, you think of like the Cena run and I mean, they've had it in there for a while. Mm -hmm. Austin, Austin either hurt his knee or is pretending to hurt his knee. Pull the Shane McMahon. And Steamboat doesn't realize it now. The fans here know. Well, he was just hung upside down. I mean, Shane McMahon's going to come back and wrestle a match at some point. Oh, oh, yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. yeah uh, what? Well, it happened outside the ring. I mean, what are they going to do? He's getting he wrestle WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, he, I feel like he has to take on the Miz. Yeah, just to kind of close the loop on that. Yep. Well, the beauty and it gives Miz, Miz, the Miz something can to lose do. to anyone, and it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, the Miz could do that, and it's perfectly fine. Yep. So one, two, three, four. So Steamboat has four five star matches in his career, and a six star match. I'm guessing most, if not all, against Flair. Flair, 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 Flair. Yep. And there was a War Games match that was five stars too, 92. I think we covered that one. Which I, I thought those were a bit overrated. But I, I guess at the time, they were so unique. But, like, I mean, you watch, like, you know, the War Games matches now, and they're just a zillion times better. You know what I mean? But I think those were unique in their own way. I mean, Savage yeah, Steamboat. Savage Steamboat only got four and a half stars. If you can believe that. Crazy, especially knowing like kind of how good it was. Yeah, we've covered all, a lot of those matches in the show here. Yep, absolutely. So they're working the outside at this point. Yep, and kind of diving back in at this point. Look how fast Austin, Austin is! Oh man, running the ropes real fast. Yeah. Steamboat got him in a sleeper hole there. That just looked crazy because how fast he was running him. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was pretty good. So Steamboat, you know, he he his last match was in 2009 against uh, Chris Jericho, and then he came back in, uh, I guess, just last year. It was only in November uh, in that six-man match where he tagged with FTR. Um, that was a fun match, man. I mean, I, I ordered that show just because, I don't know, I'm a sucker. It was like 15 bucks, right? But, uh, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun uh it was a fun thing. I mean, it, it's funny with uh, Steamboat. I mean, I'm sure there's some other guys like this, but like, yeah, he with his injury, he finished up in '94. So if you can believe this, okay. So I, I didn't, I didn't realize this. So um, his final match in '94 was against Steve Austin in August. They did a no DQ match, and that was his last match until uh, 15 years later in 20 uh, 2009 when he came back in that uh, WrestleMania match versus Chris mm-hmm. Jericho. Um, he was with Snuka and, and Piper, but yep. yeah. So this era was kind of the end for him. He he worked. Uh, he worked some matches earlier in the year against Flair. These guys had this match. He had a couple more matches with Flair in July. Flair and Austin against Steamboat and Sting in July. He worked against Jean Paul Levesque. Then he had the match with uh, Steve Austin. That was it in 94. So this is, you know, again, you, you're, you're watching Steamboat right now. This does not look like a guy that's about to have some of his final matches for 15 years, huh? When was that last, the, his last five-star match? Do you still have it pulled up? His last five-star match would have been... Well, here, I'll just, I'll run through him real quickly. So the six-star match was in 89. The five-star match was in 89 another five-star match in 89 which was the best of three falls match and then the other five-star match was nate so they were all in 89 okay and then the, the war games match was in 92 but he had but his they were four and a quarter stars his two matches in april of 94 against flair gotcha so he had a low blow from austin at this point or kind of a kind of just rolled down the steps too that didn't look comfortable no yeah they've got these like ring steps that are right in the middle of the ring i don't remember ever seeing those yeah it's just three steps it's not there is they don't even have the corner steps on this one yeah it's interesting yeah wcw in this era like it's like it's not like they had a consistent ring setup right i feel like you know they'd have the ramp sometimes and then they'd have like these steps right in the middle that's so like Different and random. I don't know. I just feel like mm-hmm. they just did a lot of different stuff. Trying to figure out who's uh, none of it looks particularly good either. Yeah, absolutely. They're both uh, uh, they're both covered in like glitter too, um, because of someone's per- entrance from, from before. Yeah, guessing it's Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. Come on. What? Shivani and Heenan on commentary. Yeah, that's a weird kick out there. Kind of weird count. Yep. Austin's running the ropes hard. Like you don't see that very often. Like he's got like he's like a full sprint out there. Well, he was a different, you know, in this area, he was a different worker. I mean, I'm sure there's like plenty of other examples of that, but like think about it. I mean, think about a transformation just in terms of like work style. You know, I mean, he worked, I mean, he worked like uh he was kind of that like ring general, ring master, you know, style. And then after his injury, I mean, he just 
he threw punches and kicks and did stunners. <laughs> it's right. matches, but just completely different. Style. Yeah, put the knee braces on, went out there, and kind of jumped on people. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no no heavy knee braces in this era. <laughs> right. Well, shit, he has hair. Like, that, that alone, like, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we're witnessing it now with AEW and we just don't appreciate it, but it's like, it's just... It's great in the eras where you had two like national viable promotions. Mm-hmm. Just I, it just I feel like wrestling so much better when WWE is being pushed. I mean, the worst they were is when like they really didn't have a competitor. It really like they needed it. Like that's just you know I know it feels like we've said that before, and it it feels odd, but they really need that competition because you can't say even like Vince stuff aside, and I think even before Vince left and then came back, like the product wasn't like there was some really good stuff happening because they had to to compete with AEW. Like they're running NXT shows against like the paper premium live pay-per-view events of AEW. Ooh, that looked weird. That they that was mistimed. Yeah. I know. They kind of both jumped into each other there. But yeah, I like, you know, they're going to up each other's games. Like that's just how it is. And yeah, oh, who cares if AEW beats them one week or whatever? Like anymore, there's so many TV demographics of like AEW could probably say every week that they beat them in the 18 to, you know, 29 age bracket, but at the same time like more people are watching Raw and SmackDown. Well, you you bring up you bring up an interesting point because, like, first of all, with numbers, you can. You, I mean, AEW is just a great example of where you can manipulate A's, AEW's numbers for whatever argument you're trying to make. Oh, Tony loves to do it. Yeah, so if you're if you're anti AEW, you can sit there and say, "Hey, uh, AEW's best pay per view didn't get nearly as many buy rates as." a random in your house. Right. You could say AEW gets less than a million viewers and WCW used to get three, four, five, six million viewers. Like, so I actually think it's easy to argue that AEW is like not as big as people think it is because, you know, I mean, and the other thing too is like, I'd love to see their balance sheet. You know, for all you know, they're bleeding money and they're not profitable and they're not financially viable, but they're being propped up by a billionaire. So, you know, again, AEW, it's like there's a lot of there there could be a lot of smoke and mirrors where no your average business person wouldn't be able to do what AEW is doing because they wouldn't have the financial backing. So it's like, you know, is AEW really as viable? Now you go, oh, but there's, you know, 15,000 fans and they're filling Wembley and it looks really, really greatly produced and you have all these big names but is that because they're successful or is that because Tony it's Khan's Wembley. dad gave him money to spend? It's so, Wembley. Yeah. yeah. On the flip side of it, it's, Hey, this, this promotion didn't exist four years ago and they're selling out shows and they have a national TV deal and they get a million people to watch. So the two big questions I have, and I, and I think I know the answer to the second one. The, the, the first one is what, what's their balance sheet actually say? I have no idea. My guess is they're losing a, a fair amount of money and they are not profitable and they won't be profitable until they get a TV deal that's three times what they're getting now. 
in a streaming deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And streaming and all that stuff. The second question I have is what does Warner brothers, TNT, TBS, what, what do they want from this brand? Cause it's, you know, you get a lot of people, including like an Eric Bischoff that are like, Oh my God, 800,000 viewers. Wow. That's pathetic. And WWE had four times that and blah, blah, blah. But my question is, what are the expectations of the network? Because if the network says, hey, as long as these same 800,000 people tune in every week, we are thrilled. Mm -hmm. That's the question. Is like, you know, AEW, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of their programming and the way they book their promotion is geared towards hardcore fans. Oh, yeah. Okay. But the question is, and, and so, but the question is, is what is their business strategy? Is their strategy, let's target these hardcore fans and get these hardcore fans to show up at shows and TNT is very, very happy with the ratings? Or is it, we need to get this fan base to the low millions. We need mm -hmm. to grow this fan base by 25 to 50%. So like that's what's tough because if you don't know the answer to that, then it's hard to be critical of AEW. If AEW their strategy and what they need to do is give the best possible product to the 800,000 people that watch it, then they're probably doing, I think, a pretty good job. If their goal is they need that number to be 1.2 million and they need to grow by 50%, then I'd argue they're actually doing a terrible job. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. And what are they trying to do? Because it's like there's things WWE does that you and I as hardcore fans don't like, but I'm like, well, it's not for us. You know, Logan Paul is not for us. Now, if we enjoy it, that's all the better. But Logan Paul and Bad Bunny and... Um, Bad know, Bunny's not for us either. Like, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. It's not but, for us. But, but Jackass is. Yeah, but their, their, their goal is, you know, hey, we want mainstream. We want to do things that attract 10 million YouTube views. Yep. And, you know, we're going to give something to those that we're going to give something to the Attitude Era lapsed viewers. We're going to give something to the hardcore fans. We're going to give something to people that don't even watch the product. And that's the balancing act they're playing. And I think they do a hell of a job with it. OK, but you're not everything you watch on their program is going to be for everyone. They also have to produce three hours of TV every week. There's going to be stuff that isn't good because not everything can be a five star match that's. 30 minutes long and has blood and weapons. Yeah. I, I it's a big conversation because too, you look at like, I, I'm you, you call it a balancing act. I think it's like more than that. Like it has to be incredibly difficult. The things they're looking at and trying to, I say, balance some of those things. Like you, you see every week they put or every once in a while on Reddit, I'll see like the, um, they'll post like the highest rated WWE video this week is like some women's match with, you know, 10 million views or something yeah. like that. And that also you hear too, like, I, you know, you, you read and this is when you start getting into the nitty gritty, like AEW, like they have, and they, they see this, but they don't talk about it. Like each, they see the ratings for each match yes. and like, like, you know, and what, Who's literally they can see who's turning the dials on certain matches. So, and so not, they, yeah, think about they know minute by minute. Yeah. Yeah. I th think about like, and, and I know Nick Khan's not heavily involved in creative, but think about like what him, 
and Triple H are looking at. They're looking at YouTube views. They're mm -hmm. looking at quarter hour and, and probably even minute by minute TV ratings. They're looking at merchandise sales. They're looking at social media engagement. Yep. They're looking at fan reaction. They're looking at who is and is not easy to deal with just as a human being from a management standpoint and who you trust and who you don't trust. Okay. Because that's a component of this too. Oh my God, I love Riddle. Okay, well, Riddle's going through a divorce and has a drug problem. So probably can't make him world champion. Cody mm -hmm. uh, eats cookies and drinks milk and has a family. We can trust him with the world title. We can put him on the Today Show. So there's all these things that go into it, right? And, and that's how you make these decisions. It's not, oh, well, so-and-so has great matches. So-and-so, I really love watching. It's not that simple. And they nope. know things like, hey, um, we can't make this guy champion because he's taking a leave soon because he's having a kid. Or this guy, we don't want to make a champion, intercontinental champion, because he can't work house shows. And we want that title defended in the main event of shows that Roman Reigns can't work. I mean, so it's just so many things that go into these decisions. And that's why it's like, I'm not giving them a pass when they make bad booking, but I'm just like, you know, we have yeah. to understand there's a hell of a lot more at play here. And TV networks want certain things. Uh, hey, why are we putting this guy in a prominent match? Well, because Snickers wanted to pay a million dollars to sponsor his match. Mountain Dew Blacklight, baby. Uh, hey, why, why are we uh, not making Charlotte champ? Well, she indicated to us that she wants to start a family and she's having trouble trying. And so we don't want to make her champ and have to have her fourth. Again, I'm just making something up there. But, you know, that that's what's so interesting. Well, and I think I read, and he's not even like while well, he's in some storylines. the The biggest merchandise seller recently has been Rey Mysterio. Like and that's something else we have. Like, there's so many factors that you have to take into account. Like of all those things, like, and you figure like region, like they've got to have it like regionally, like in the Northeast, who sells what merch, like you know, versus the Southwest or like all these different things. It's been a tight little match here too. These guys yeah, are just like. Great. A lot of back and forth here. And Austin tried to put the referee in front of him. No, he didn't. The referee dove out no, of the way. He grabbed the referee and put him in front. He's going to disqualify. Kind of some roll-ups, some things happening. Yeah, good stuff. That's kind of good. Steamboat asking not for a DQ. I like that. I don't know if I yeah, like absolutely. Um, so yeah, put, okay, yeah, go ahead. Why, yeah. why is why is Jinder Mahal champion? Well, because we're trying to break into India, and there's like a bi billion people that live there. Oh, oh, right. okay. Right. Right. I mean, it's just, so it's some of that stuff, too. Or, you know, but like Mysterio, Mysterio is a great example. Because like, I mean, I, I look at, you know, for me personally. Uh oh, uh oh. Ooh, little, small package there. I think they messed up and too close to the ropes there. But yeah. He wins, kind of cheating, distracting the ref, putting his feet on the ropes. Hell of a match. Hell of a match. Um, yeah, very good. No, but just to close the loop on that, like, again, I look at Mysterio and I'm like, eh, you know, again, I hell of a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, man, he's on TV a lot. But it's like, shit, man, he sells a ton of merch. And they obviously want to continue to grow in the Mexican and uh, Latin markets. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's a business decision. Again, he's still great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, 
you have to look at the big picture here. Mm -hmm. So, all right. I thought that was fantastic. Let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. Yep. All right. What'd you think? Very good. I know we, we talked a lot about, you know, through that one, but there was, there was a lot of action in that one. There was a lot of near, not even near falls, but just kind of attempted uh, pins. So it just, it looked really good. And I think overall, both guys looked fantastic. And especially, but the last, I mean, it was a 20 minute match by the end of it. Like they were like wrestling hard, like they were really going at each other. And so that was great. That's a hell of a match. I, I just, I really yep. liked it. Really liked it. So the aftermath on this one, Steamboat, it was actually uh, August, Clash of Champions. This is, what do we got, 25, 6, 7, 8, 28. Uh, he got the rematch against Austin. Uh, he actually hurt his back, but he ended up winning the U.S. championship on that one. But um, he ended up actually giving uh, up the belt due to injury at Fall Brawl. And so it was actually a debuting uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Who defeated Steve Austin to become the U.S. champion? Some interesting behind the the scenes stuff here. It said that like, um, you know, Steamboat was actually fired by Bischoff while he was injured at the time, and so just kind of, you know, at home he actually got like a FedEx package. It was just not pretty, and so. Um, dealing with that, and then on the flip side, Austin, like I said. Um, it was it was actually that match only lasted 35 seconds actually and so not great on that end he actually unsuccessfully challenged duggan for the championship at halloween havoc and clash of champions that year the again the behind the scenes here that i was reading and this is something like a bigger conversation for a different day here says uh, the influence of Hulk Hogan in the Hulkamania area era was beginning to take hold in WCW with vice president Eric Bischoff saying this was likely the reason Austin lost to Duggan, who had been a popular figure during that period of time. At this time, Austin pitched a storyline to Bischoff in which it would be revealed that Austin was a family member of Hogan. The proposal was quickly turned down on account of Bischoff's belief that Hogan would not work with somebody such as Austin, who was not a proven name. So that would have been crazy. Oh, um, just tear tear Steve Austin loose on Hulk Hogan. the The problem there is, I think Steve Austin, even in this era, would have just overshadowed Hogan, and he would have gotten cheers because I yep. think people were sick of Hogan, sick of Hogan's shtick. And I feel like a really good young worker like Austin that could talk and, and wrestle, I think he would have made Hogan look bad. I think, yeah, I I totally to feed, agree. Feed Brutus Beefcake to Hogan, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I think that's absolutely what would have happened with how quickly he was rising and Hogan not. So, so on the flip side here, we've got uh, PWI Steamboat nine, Austin six. Uh, the torch on this one, giving it three and a half stars, just kind of your standard kind of write up from them. Uh, they did say this was a pure wrestling match without any of the theatrics that dominated the main event, as we all know, the main event being the uh, Hogan Flair match. Um, on the flip side, you've got three, or so yeah, that was three and a half from the torch, three and a three, three and three quarters from the observer. Uh, Austin pins Steamboat. This started slow but turned into a super match. Steamboat was the Steamboat was the best performer on the card. Card the crowd got into it in spots but didn't get the heat it should have because so much of the crowd was either papered or there to cheer for Hogan or paid just to see Hogan. Either way, they weren't going to get into anything underneath. 
Um, so yeah, uh, three and a half and three and three quarters. Tom, where are you putting this one? Six and a half. Okay. Oh, good, good match. I mean, just, you know, didn't, didn't love the finish and, um, think there's other ways you could have done that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really good match. I mean, you know, I, I, I like watching these two guys. Yeah. A absolutely. Lot of, there's a lot of, and we were talking about this the other week. There's just a lot of matches during this era. I mean, Steamboat, Austin, Rick Rude, um, yeah, Davey yep. Boy Smith was in the mix a little bit, Hillman. Uh, I'm just, just some of these kind of, I hate saying it, but like mid card WCW guys in this era that could really go. Um, yeah, yep. really good matches that we don't really talk about much. There were some really good tag team matches in this era, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Really good stuff. Uh, I get starting next week. We are on the long. Uh, well, well, SummerSlam's quick. We have a long road on SummerSlam coming up uh, through the month of August, and so this should be exciting. A lot of good are we, stuff. Are we covering a lot of SummerSlam matches? We've got uh, the month of August is all SummerSlam, my friend, Ooh. and so uh, one that you requested, of course, the uh, Boiler Room Brawl. We're going to get into that one. Yes, uh, had to make sure that one. Uh, it's people we have not. I don't. I have to think back. We have not covered, but we. We've got the uh, Ken Shamrock Owen Hart Lions Den match on there Ooh. as well too, which I don't. We have not covered a Ken Shamrock, I don't think. I had to throw a CM Punk in there just because we we need to talk about CM Punk, so one of his SummerSlam. Uh, but next week we're sticking with Stone Cold. We got Kurt Angle and Steve Austin for the championship at SummerSlam 2001. Yeah, and those guys had some really good matches. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one too. So yeah. SummerSlam, we are we are we are in it, and this is looking fun. So yeah, that, that Savage Warrior match we're going to cover, which it's SummerSlam that 92. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear me rant on that. that. The booking of that was horrendous. Yep, yep. Punk, punk absolutely. See, that'll be a hell of a match. Yep, we got that t- those tables, lighters, and chairs at SummerSlam. Yeah, so we got some we got some good stuff coming up. We got uh, payoffs not going anywhere. We're we're uh, we got a few months of good stuff happening here. We yeah we gotta we gotta promote our sponsors. We can't go anywhere. So um, yeah, shave your balls, take care of your face. We got you covered. I, I mean, literally almost head to toe. We, we do almost, yeah. With when yeah, you throw two classic tees in there, yeah, it gets a men's foot care sponsor. We do. We need to find it. Everybody out there, we got some nice shoes or something. Yeah, we need to. What is it? The uh, the Toms or whatever it is. Like you're you're the perfect spokesman for that stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, good stuff. Let's send them home happy. This was good. Good man. A couple good weeks here we've had. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. We love doing this. We hope you enjoy it. We'll see you next week on an all new episode of the payoff.